Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. I want to apologize for the delay in the release of this episode. My other show, True Crime Fan Club, recently moved to a weekly format and, well, my brain got kind of jumbled. The good news is I'm here now and ready to deliver the spooky tales right to you. So turn off all the lights, get cozy, cause it's time for some ghost stories. Okay, ready to get spooked? Our first story comes from Natalie, who shares a story about how her father might not be a skeptic any longer. My dad is the kind of West Scotland man who rolls his eyes at me and my mom going to fortune tellers and psychics. He thinks it's all rubbish and we're wasting money. That was until he lost a very dear friend. Jim was the handyman at my dad's work. He was a father figure for a grown man who'd never really had one. It was truly a lovely friendship that they had. Anyway, sadly, we lost Jim following a short battle with cancer. Right to the end, Jim was full of jokes, laughs, and making sure everyone else was okay. A few months later, me and my mom and dad were watching TV in the living room. The door slowly opened and we expected the cat to wander in. There was no breeze, no open windows or doors, but the living room door most definitely slowly moved open like someone had pushed it or given it a nudge. The cat had been lying next to my mom the whole time. She hadn't seen the door. But I looked at my dad and for the first time in my life, he said, wow, that was weird. I can't explain that. He then went on to say that weird things were happening at work. He's a chef in a care home for the physically disabled. He has a little cubby hole where in quiet days, he sneaks off and has a nap in his lunch break. One day that week, he was on his way to the cubby when he saw footprints clear as day, as though someone had walked through the flower. The boot prints were Jim's boots, they led right up to the cubbyhole door. My dad said he had a chuckle because Jim always said he'd tattle on him one day. Jim was also quite the joker, so all these experiences made total sense. Sorry this has been super long, but I've always found it to be such a lovely visitation. Ah, uh, see, now that's the kind of feel-good story I like to hear. I think seeing those small reminders is nice here and there, and I'm glad your father welcomed Jim's horseplay because I'm sure he misses him just as much. Now Stoner Bunny shares their experiences in their haunted home. Tis a long one, but have to start at the beginning, so here it goes. I had just gone through a pretty crappy breakup and wanted a fresh start. I stayed with my mom for a while to save up and look for a place when one fell into my lap. My boss had a property for rent and I went to give it a look. It was a complete mess, literally, animal feces all over. Hadn't been cleaned in ages and still had all the previous owner's belongings in it. However, I was able to look past it and see what it could be. 
He also was entirely upfront about the previous owner passing away there, which didn't bother me too much. People die everywhere. Anyway, he did all the work for me to move in. New floors, new paint, and it was lovely. Off the road half a mile, nothing but trees around and no other houses. It was a perfect place to get my head right. I had extra space and wasn't really sold on living completely alone, so I offered the basement to my brother and his girlfriend and my baby niece. She had spent a lot of time in the hospital, and I saw it as an opportunity to spend as much time with her as possible. The experiences started before we even moved in, but being a fan of the paranormal, it intrigued me more than it scared me. About a week before we moved in, I was working a night shift and had sent my brother to meet the furniture truck and start assembling it. He had been in the house about four hours, then called me and told me to send someone to get him because something had spooked him, which made me laugh at first because I only heard of horses being spooked, not six-foot men. I pressed for what happened and he said he had heard two men talking in the bathroom, which leads to the basement. No possible logical reason for this, as it is in the middle of nowhere. So I sent my friend to go get him, and he managed to calm him down a bit and proceeded to help him. About an hour later, they show up at my job saying they were done for the night and would go back during the day, because when they went upstairs to put a bed together, they came back down to the door being wide open. It was winter, so everything was being kept shut to keep it warmer inside. Fast forward a few months, we're moved in and hadn't really had any notable occurrences other than feeling a presence. My niece was back in the hospital, but was going to be released the next day. So I decided I would clean the house and their room so it would be nice for them when they returned home. I worked the night shift for years, so I do my best cleaning in the middle of the night. I was alone, had some music going, cleaning, all goes normally until I get to the basement. I had lined all the toys up against the wall and crossed the room to the crib to make that. While I was bent over fixing it up, I felt a rush of air behind me, freezing air even though it was nearly summer at this point. I brushed it off and continued. Then from behind me, I heard one of her toys go off and say, in a creepy ass voice. Mind you, I had not even five minutes before literally picked this toy piano up and moved it without it making a sound, and it was new so it had fresh batteries. I decided it was good enough and called it a night. My other brother was getting married, so he and his wife were staying with me in the days leading up to the wedding. He said he was laying on the couch, which is under the stairs, looking into the reflection of the TV screen late at night, when he saw a pair of legs start to come down the stairs. He was so convinced it was my brother that he turned to address him, just to see no one there. A few weeks later, we had some family friends over and their daughter, who was about six, and she was just walking around exploring. We were in the living room when she came down and asked who the lady was at the top of the steps, and we assured her that there was no lady. Her parents looked freaked and they left shortly after. Seeking a thrill one night, I convinced my brother's girlfriend and my stepsister who was visiting that we should go to the attic and try to record some EVPs. We opened the attic door, the entrance to which is from my bedroom. We started recording before we even went up, which took a minute or two because my brother's girlfriend wasn't too keen on the idea. 
So we were reassuring her that it would be fine, and she finally went the rest of the way up. We were up there probably about 10 minutes, asking questions, and then something moved. No clue what it was, but we hauled ass back down the steps like a herd of elephants nearly tripping over each other to get back down quickly. Thrill accomplished. So we go to listen to the recording, and in the beginning, when we were convincing her to come up, you hear me saying, Just come up. And immediately after that, a man's voice was on it that said exactly the same. Just come up. There were no men even in the house that night, and we didn't hear it until we played back the recording. We all slept in the living room that night. After catching the voice, I wanted to investigate further and find out all I could about the house and property and previous owners, but couldn't find much, so I contacted a paranormal team thinking they would have better resources. They came to investigate and kind of filled in the missing gaps. I had only known of one death there, the man who died the summer before I moved in, but they found an older woman had two and that the house was built in 1907 and it was only one family that had lived there since it was built. They didn't catch a whole lot, evidence-wise, other than some bangs in the attic which they were right under and didn't hear until they played the recordings. Also, the top of the stairs where the little girl had mentioned seeing the old lady, they put a trigger camera. It's motion activated and it only takes a picture when it senses movement. They said it went off like 30 times by itself throughout the time they were there, but nothing to see in the pictures. And an EMF spike at my niece's crib was the only place it spiked in the whole house. Unfortunately, they only used audio and trigger cams, no video which probably would have yielded more results. The activity died down after the first year. Once we made it home, the activity just dwindled, only increasing when we had big family get-togethers like Christmas and Thanksgiving. But I think that's just because they wanted to be a part of it. I haven't lived there in five years, and in a strange twist, my mom ended up renting it after I moved out, since I wanted to downsize and she wanted something bigger. She lives there to this day and has only had minor, playful happenings like the hiding of keys. Though they do keep the attic sealed up now. I'm going to pause the spooky tales so you can hear a word from our sponsors. Okay, so if I were your brother, I probably would have freaked out too, but it doesn't seem like anything bad was around, so maybe that's why it wasn't so scary for you. I don't know how I would fare in a haunted house, even one with friendly ghosts. Like, I'm already scared of being haunted, so I don't think it would ever work for me, but I definitely hope we keep getting stories about haunted homes because they are super creepy. Our next story comes from Enough Rose whose experience with a Ouija board opened an unexpected door. So, I've always been somewhat keen on the supernatural. I definitely opened up a door when I was 18 and used the Ouija board. 
We were all in the backyard of my friend's house. There was about five of us, and one of our friends had the glow-in-the-dark board. I was terrified, but intrigued. My mother is extremely religious and had always forbidden me to use one. So we sat there for a few minutes asking stupid questions and not really getting any answers. But it was a couple of minutes later when I could feel it. Something was there. My hands started to shake like crazy and, of course, my friends started to make fun of me. But they didn't know what was going on. I started to hear deep male breathing in my ear. I tried to tell myself it was my friend Macon who was sitting next to me, but she was not close enough nor was she breathing that hard. In my head, I just said, go away, go away, go away. And it eventually did. I can't explain it to this day. It was weird because as it was happening, I didn't tell anyone. I was just sitting there freaking out. As we were all heading back home, I begged my friend Megan to a sleepover because I knew whatever had breathed into my ear was going to follow me back. I asked Megan if she had heard the male breathing and she was like, what the fuck, no, and basically thought I was making it up. For the next month, I kid you not, my house was haunted. I could not sleep without the lights on and music in my ears. I would hear footsteps every night outside my door and periodically would wake up at 3 a.m. After a month passed, my mother sat me down and asked, Ashley, what the hell is going on? I did not tell her at all about using the board because I knew she would be furious. Oh, nothing, Mom. Nothing at all. Ashley, you tell me what's going on. For the last month, I've been hearing footsteps, and last night, something scratched my foot. I just looked at her, dumbfounded, because I thought this was only affecting me. I basically broke down crying and told her everything. Together, we saged the house and said prayers, and it's amazing how different the house felt. It felt lighter and pleasant again. Since then, I've been prominently more aware of ghosts. They usually come to me in my dreams, though. If you've ever wondered if Ouija boards work, they do. It might not seem like it's working, but you're literally opening a door, and they won't necessarily make themselves known on the board. Oh, and it turned out that some guy had killed himself at the house where we used the board. Okay, well, I think that's definitely another reason on my checklist not to ever use a Ouija board. But I mean, if you guys keep doing it, then, you know, more power to you. Just send me the stories of the crazy experiences that happen. Now, the next story comes from Moonlight, whose brother visited their father in an uncanny way. Ten years ago, my brother was killed in a car accident at the age of 25. Two days before the accident, my parents left the country for a vacation. The two of them had not taken a vacation with just the two of them in more than a decade. They were a thousand miles away when they learned of my brother's death, and my dad has never forgiven himself for not being there that night. He hasn't been the same since, and I actually feared for my dad and his broken heart. 
He wanted his son back and it all but broke him. My dad was my brother's biggest fan and got through to him like no one else could, except when it came to keeping things neat and orderly, that is. Growing up, my dad was always telling my brother to get his feet off the wall, specifically the basement wall of the man cave. He'd sit horizontally across the couch with his legs over the armrest and his feet on the wall. This drove my dad crazy because he'd leave footprints all over the wall. This went on for years, even after he had moved out and came by for visits. A year before my brother's accident, my parents' basement flooded and they had to replace a foot of drywall from the ground up throughout the entire living space. Everything was then painted over, including the footprints. My dad finally had the clean walls he never had when we lived there. A few months after my brother died, my dad went into the basement to be by himself. He was finishing up a project when he noticed something very familiar. The footprints were back. The footprints my dad had cleaned off hundreds of times over the course of our childhood had returned. My dad will never be the same. But something about those footprints gave my dad what he needed to not give up. It took a few days for my dad to bring it to our attention. Maybe he just needed one final father-son moment. The footprints have faded some, but they are still there, just like he is. Our final story for the episode comes from Mighty Marine, whose time in Korea left him with an interesting experience. Quick backstory. I enlisted when I was 17, back in 2011 for multiple reasons, but I just wanted to serve and fight mostly. Typical 17-year-old jock video gamer, right? Anyways, even though I was an 0331 machine gunner in the infantry, I never saw combat because the war had died down quite a bit and I got sent all over Asia and the Pacific instead. But shit got weird in Korea. We were sent to the island just miles off the DMZ of North Korea to train with the Republic of South Korean Marines, ROK Marines. It's a small island, maybe 10 miles across, but it had an insane amount of hills. While on the island, we were camping on this small ridge that nearly surrounded the campsite. Perfect location to set up at. You're concealed, there's only one way in and one way out. Ideal for a military camp. It rained a lot there though, so we stored our weapons and ammunition in this small rundown bunker just up the ridge from our site. We took shifts guarding it overnight and let me tell you, shit got weird. I'm sleeping in my tent when I wake up to use the restroom. On my way back, I see the strobe light from my friend standing watch up on the hill. This is not normal. He was trying to signal someone without waking anyone up from yelling. So I head over to check on him and he is shaking. Eyes wide, complete fear, panic mode. The conversation went something like this. Me, hey man, you okay? Friend, dude, something is up here. Me, what do you mean? Like North Koreans? Friend, oh hell no, worse. I'm hearing voices, I saw shadows. I can hear rustling in the bunker, but every time I check it out, there's nothing there. 
Me. Jesus. You sure you don't have sleep deprivation? Friend. No, man, I'm completely fine, but I'm freaking out. Could you chill with me till I calm down? Me. Sure, dude. It was around 0300 when I stayed with him. Everyone was going to be awake in two hours as it is, so I wouldn't be too long if I stayed up there anyway. Nothing happened while I was with him, so around 0400 he was back to normal and the sun was on the horizon. So I told him if he needed anything to yell and went back to bed for about an hour. The following night it was my shift overnight. From 2200 to 0130 it was quiet. It was kind of peaceful. But 0145 to 0200 I heard footsteps. The bunker was to my back and I was facing the camp seeing as how the only way to reach this bunker is from the camp unless you can climb a 90 degree cliff from the other side of the ridge without anyone noticing. Everyone is asleep and the footsteps were behind me near the bunker. I turned around and saw nothing. Shortly after, I could hear faint whispers, definitely not English. I could almost make out Korean phrases, but it was too faint to know for sure. This is where I start getting nervous. I remember seeing my friend's face when I came up to see him. His fear was genuine, very real, and I was starting to see why. Then a little later, I hear something in the bunker. I turn my light on and shine it in the bunker. No one is there. And at 0300, I hear it again. This time, thinking it was nothing again, I turn to look without my light and see the shadow of someone standing over the SMAWs, aka rocket launchers, bending down to pick one up. I raised my rifle at him and shouted, Get the fuck out of there! And it turned its head, looked at me, and vanished, just fucking evaporated. Like Spider-Man in Infinity War. Panic struck me. I was freaking out like my friend. In my head I was thinking, what good is this 556M4 against a fucking ghost? Nothing else happened after that, but I was on edge till sunrise. I kept the story to myself until my unit got back to Japan where we were stationed. One night we were all drinking, shooting the shit, and a different friend asked us if the island seemed creepy to us. My first friend mentioned his experience on watching everyone, I mean everyone had some kind of similar story to tell from when they were on watch. Turns out this island was a hotspot for strategic positioning and planning during the war, and thousands of soldiers and civilians died there. I guess the war isn't over for them yet. Marine, I think you hit the nail right on the head. The war will never be over for those spirits trapped there. I appreciate your service to your country, and I truly do wonder if there are any other military members who have experienced something similar. I know I definitely need to ask my brother. If you have, please share them with us. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help us out. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now, or at hauntedpod.com. Creepy tune creator for the show is Nico at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Audio engineering and the spookiest sounds in the business are provided by Chez at Gray Multimedia. 
And I would also like to thank my husband, Brett, who would like to be credited as hot husband for reading the last story by Mighty Marine. Until next time. Did you hear that?